0: Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Be curious, not judgmental. Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by my frequent co-host, The Bookshelf's community manager, Ashley Sherlock. Together, we're reflecting on our love for Ted Lasso just in time for the show's second season, and we're recommending books we think will help you keep the love alive after the last episode is watched. Hi, Ashley. Hello. Okay. I'm so excited to talk about this. I've, I've had this on the list for a while on the episode idea list for a while, but it finally makes sense because Ted Lasso's season two premieres, I think on the date of this recording, it will premiere the next day or something like that.
1: Yeah. July 16th. I'm so ready.
0: Okay. So very ready. Um, tell me why you watch Ted Lasso, what you love about it, etc.
1: cetera. Okay, so it took me a while to press the play button, um mm-hmm. not necessarily for any reason, but I had multiple people tell me that this was something that I should be watching, so I thought I'd give it a try. Sports aren't really my thing, but a heart <laughs> is my thing, so came came because I was told stayed for the heart. Nice. Did you just watch it once through? Oh no, <laughs> many times. <laughs> I think, three? <laughs> I think I've seen it
0: three times. Three. Oh my God. <laughs> Jordan and I loved it so much, but I've only watched it once through. I'm a little scared to rewatch because I loved it so much, but it's nice to know that it would hold up if I chose to watch it two, nay, three times.
1: <laughs> definitely
0: holds um, up. We watched it last summer. I am pretty pleased that we were early adopters of this one. Like we got Apple TV, or Apple, whatever they call it, Apple Plus, I don't even know. Uh, We got it a while ago, but we hadn't watched a ton of stuff on it. And this Ted Lasso came up as like a preview, you know, like it was saying, oh, coming soon to Apple TV Plus or whatever, Apple Plus. And I thought, well, that looks fun because Jordan and I do love sports. And if you'll recall this time last year, we were being given nothing. Like The Olympics were canceled. March Madness was canceled. I was having a time. And so I was like, I don't care how dumb this looks. We're going to try this show about soccer. And instead, we watched it faithfully. I'm pretty sure... Mm. I feel like they released it week by week. I might be wrong about that, but I think they released it week by week and we watched it and just fell in love with it. And you're right. It's totally the heart. It's not just a sports show, although it definitely revolves around soccer. It's also about a man who's a fish out of water, like he is an American trying to get used to a British game. It's about a group of British soccer players trying to get used to this American coach. Um, And I think the word that I've heard kind of thrown around, and certainly the word that I associate with Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso is earnest. Like his earnestness is so refreshing at a time when I feel like snark reigns. Mm-hmm. And I love Snark. Like, I like sarcasm. I appreciate a well timed, witty remark or critique. But this show is so earnest and is not shy about being earnest. It's not ashamed of just being a feel good show. And I really appreciate that. I think that that was kind of missing on the TV landscape.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it, it's kind of the same reason why we like Schitt's Creek a little bit. Um, yeah. Because, like, It's funny. And there's a little bit of, it's not, it's not hatred. There's no hatred, you know, like there's, Mm -hmm. there's the villain, obviously, but it doesn't glorify sarcasm and meanness.
0: Yeah. You know, that's such a good point. Hunter and I recorded an episode last week about Jane Austen. And we were talking about one of the things we really love about Jane Austen is that even her villains are complex. Mm -hmm. And in Ted Lasso, even the characters that maybe you struggle with a little bit or you're struggling to understand their reasoning, they are complex, thoughtful characters. So nobody is just completely evil or completely good. Like everybody is pretty complicated, which I like. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay, so I told you we were doing like, so you watched Ted Lasso, now you need to read this. So tell me what your criteria was in looking for, like, what led you to select the books you've selected
1: today? I think I mostly went for the feel good aspect, mm-hmm. um, just things to read that are complex and, you know, have a little bit of real life in them, but at the end of it, you just feel complete. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think I also tried to pick feel-good books for sure. I tried to look for earnest characters, although that was hard because I think I am drawn to snarky characters. And so it was hard mm-hmm. for me to think, what is a book i read where the characters are really earnest? Um, and then I also looked for like, again, kind of fish-out-of-water stories, like where a character was thrown into a situation where they didn't quite know what to do. So, okay, I'm going to start because I think I have a couple more titles than you. Uh, My first one, which I think you will love, is Very Sincerely Yours by Carrie Winfrey. So the reason I picked this one, it is a rom-com, and Ted Lasso is not really under any definition a romantic comedy. But... The two characters in Very Sincerely Yours are so earnest and so kind, and they are people who are trying their hardest to do their best in life and in work. The male protagonist in this story, and many readers may already know this, but he is kind of loosely based on or inspired by Jim Henson and Mr. Rogers, And in a way, Ted Lasso kind of gives off Mr. Rogers energy. And I immediately thought, right. And I immediately thought like, Oh, this guy reminds me a lot of Ted Lasso. Like I could see Ted Lasso running a children's television show, which is what the (laughs) character in very sincerely yours does. So And Very Sincerely Yours deals with like these characters kind of dealing with real life things, but the book never feels too heavy and never really gets bogged down in the heaviness. And Ted Lasso in the series, no spoilers, but he is dealing with his own kind of personal crisis. But the show to me never felt heavy the whole time I watched. Like it kept kind of this hopeful pace about it. And that is certainly the case with a lot of rom coms, but especially Carrie Winfrey's rom coms. There's like a sense of hold on to hope. Like the good new like the good news is coming. The happy ending is coming. And I just fell in love with the characters just like I fell in love with the characters in Ted Lasso. Another important thing to note my favorite rom coms have really vibrant side characters. Ted Lasso, the show, has like a whole team of soccer players, a whole team of coaches that you really fall in love with. And Carrie Winfrey, I think, does a fantastic job of writing really well developed, interesting side characters. Sometimes even they become the main characters in her next book. So I really love this one. I read it a few weeks ago and immediately when I was thinking about books for fans of Ted Lasso, I thought of this one. It's Very Sincerely Yours by Carrie Winfrey.
1: Nice. My first one is Act Your Age, Eve Brown by Talia Hibbert. I can't remember Mm -hmm. if I recommended this one before. Did you read it? I have not read this one. Okay. So I picked this one because the main character, Eve Brown, she's sweet and charming like Ted, but it's also another fish out of water story. Um, Mm -hmm. Eve is she goes into interview for a chef position at a bed and breakfast but the boss is uh not sweet and charming um <laughs> and she in the beginning she kind of just can't can't get on the right foot with him um mm-hmm. she she hits him with her car on accident <laughs> one day um <laughs> but then she um she begins to start helping him at the job like i don't even think she had the job officially, but she Mm -hmm. she hit this man with her car, so now she's trying to pay him back. She's a Um, dumb. And eventually, you know, he's you I mean, you can't resist a warm, sunny, happy, happy, go lucky attitude. He gets a little bit worn down. And yeah, she she kind of I don't know. She uses uses her own positivity to turn things around for other people. Oh, just like Ted yeah.
0: Okay, my next one, and I thought a lot about um, this genre that I think one of our customers kind of coined curmudgeon lit, because because the thing is, Ted Lasso isn't a curmudgeon. So a lot of feel-good literature to me it deals with grouchy people who become not grouchy. And so... I was a little hesitant to include this one, but it also has a soccer element, so I'm including it. So this is Brit Marie Was Here by Frederick Bachman. I think we hear people talk about Frederick Bachman a lot, particularly a man called Uva or Beartown. And I thought about including Beartown because it really is a book about sports. It's a, a book about hockey and I loved Beartown, but Beartown is heavy. Like it is dealing with some serious issues issues of sexual assault and small town politics and honestly it just doesn't have the like light and sunny feeling of Ted Lasso so instead I went with Britt Marie was here which I think is an unsung uh, book of Frederick Bachman's it is starring or featuring Britt Marie who's kind of this older curmudgeonly woman who for some reason, winds up becoming the soccer coach of this small town. And the children wind up or the kids, the students really wind up loving her. But she is very firm. And again, just kind of grouchy and grumpy. But she gets won over by this small town and the love they have for her and the love they have for the sport of soccer. So To me, the town embodies the spirit of Ted Lasso, maybe more than Britt Marie does. But the book is very charming, which I think Ted Lasso is a very charming show. And again, this is kind of, to me, an unsung title of Frederick Bachman's. When I hear people talk about their favorites of him, I don't feel like they mention this one enough. So I wanted to throw it out here. Great backlist title dealing again with sports. I love sports adjacent books, dealing with soccer, just like Ted Lasso does. And it's got this really lovely spirit of community. And so does Ted Lasso. So it's Brit Marie was here by Frederick Bachman.
1: Okay. Um, another fish out of water story. Um, I guess I should have said when you asked me what my criteria was, I really should have just said fish out of water. Um, but is the gungle. And there's not a whole lot that I can say about this that we haven't already said, but that's the most recent, very feel good fish out of water book that I have mm-hmm. read the uncle who nobody would ever expect to be able to take care of children ends up <laughs> forming beautiful relationships with these two kids. And I think it's a, it's rereadable. Like Ted is rewatchable for sure.
0: Ooh, I do think, I don't reread very much, but I do think The Gunkle is rereadable and I wouldn't be shocked if I wind up revisiting it every summer or something. It just is such a summary book too. It, mm-hmm. it really, I really loved that that book so yeah. much. And everybody I know who I've recommended it to or who's picked it up on their own has loved it. Like it is, it feels universally beloved, which I think is really right. rare in a book. And
1: Ted Lasso, I don't know anybody who's watched it and not liked it. That's what I was about to say, universal. Everybody, look, we just need some positivity in our lives. We do. We really
0: do. <laughs> okay, going along the lines of uh, Fish Out of Water, I wanted to mention a book that I feel like I have talked about many times on this podcast, but it's been a minute like since I've mentioned it again, and it is The From Aways by C.J. Hauser. So most people know C.J. Hauser from either being on this podcast or writing a beautiful essay called The Crane Wife. She also wrote a book I really loved I think I selected it as my shelf subscription one month family of origin but her first book her debut novel was the fromaways and it was kind of a quiet book when it released we did really well with it because CJ had Tallahassee connections she was at FSU at the time so she did her book launch at the bookshelf I love this book. And now it's been a while since I read it. I read it because I wanted to read it because CJ was doing her book launch with us, but I really wound up falling in love with it. So the book is about this woman who marries a guy and moves to his small hometown in Maine. So if you, like me, have a trip to Maine planned later this (laughs) summer, this could be really fun. But she... Is They begin calling her a from away because that's what they call people who aren't from this town originally, who don't necessarily aren't maybe going to settle down there or make roots there. They're just people who are from away. And I thought this was so great um, about this woman who begins working at a small town newspaper. So you can see why I also loved it for the journalistic aspect of it. She befriends a woman and they begin kind of um, digging into this story together. So there are some kind of, there's kind of some heft to this story, but it's all about trying to find your home and trying to become at home and to figure out kind of where you belong, which I think Really, that's what Ted Lasso is about, both for Ted Lasso, the main character, and also for some of the side characters in the book. Like they're trying to figure out who they are and where they belong, and so are the characters in the Fromaways. Plus, just like you've got this great British setting in Ted Lasso, you've got this really rich main setting in the Fromaways. I immediately felt like I needed to take a trip there. I needed to eat lobster ASAP, and so I think this book has a really deep sense of place as well. So, it's called *The Fromaways* by C.J. Hauser. If you've read her other books, it's quite a or her other book. It's quite a departure. Um Family of Origin to me is more dark and dysfunctional. Uh, the From Aways is relatively light, still got some heft to it, still has some depth to the story, but just a really pleasant, feel-good read. You would like it. What was it called again? It's called The From Aways by CJ Hauser.
1: Oh, that's right. I remember. You might remember interview. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because it is. It's. <laughs> I think it was from around the first, I think it was one of the first book launches I was able to do at the bookshelf, which means it was probably around 2014 or so.
1: Yeah. Write it down. Okay. My next one is a little bit different, but I think uh, after watching Ted Lasso for, you know, the first, second or third time, it might be time to read or reread A Wrinkle in Time. Um, oh, Okay, (laughs) because I'm intrigued, (laughs) because that's the book he gives to Roy to inspire him in his leadership. Ted Lasso inspires, maybe could inspire somebody else. But also, Ted, I feel like kind of has this theme of um, focusing on the foundation. Of uh-huh. his soccer team, um, you know, really an, instead of just putting a band aid on something and calling it a day and not really fixing the problem, he's trying to get to the root of it. And A Wrinkle in Time is something that probably most of us read in elementary school. I think it was a sign reading for me in the fourth grade. So mm-hmm. I don't know, just kind of getting, getting back to the basics, remembering where you came from and. I don't know if I would consider A Wrinkle in Time an inspiring book, but maybe it could inspire you to lead. Like it might inspire Void to lead a little bit better.
0: Oh, I have totally forgot about that detail. This is what happens when you watch it three
1: times. You really pick up on those. <laughs> you do. Listeners can't see it, but I'm doing a hair flip that I remembered something that Annie did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful.
0: Okay, my next one. When I think of Fish Out of Water stories, I think about immigrant stories, right? So my next one is the young adult novel, Frankly in Love by David Yoon. I adored this book when it came out a couple of years ago. And David Yoon has since written a couple of other books that you might be interested in. But Frankly in Love is the one that I kind of fell in love with. Uh, the main character is Frank. He was born and raised in America. His parents, of course, kind of want him to to really hold on to the family's Korean traditions. And they like to use his Korean name. They want him to date a Korean girl. But he has a girl, of the girl of his dreams is this white girl named Brit. And so he is trying to figure out where he belongs in his family's understanding of who he is, and then who he really is. And so he's kind of battling between kind of the way his parents want him to turn out and they brought him to America, but they also are deeply rooted in their Korean traditions. And then they also want him to be American and he really wants to fit in with the rest of his kind of American counterparts. So While that is kind of going on, Frank turns to a family friend, Joy Song, who is in a similar bind. Like She also has parents who want her to maybe do the traditional Korean thing. So Frank and Joy wind up um, developing this close-knit friendship that may turn into something else. You never know. Um, But it's also about Frank dealing with his relationship with his dad. So it's not just a love story, although a love story would be perfectly acceptable. There's also lots of things, almost like the book A Place for Us. Like, there's lots um, that Frank is dealing with in terms of his familial and parental relationships, um, figuring out who he is in their eyes and who he wants to be, and how much of himself he wants to share with his parents. So I love this book. And for sure, Frank is a fish out of water trying to figure out who he is. And in that way, very much reminds me of um, of Ted Lasso, because Ted Lasso is obviously not a young adult. He's an older guy trying to navigate, but he's trying to navigate a new place and a new town and where he fits in that story. So I think the two are similar.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I have another one that's kind of similar to A Wrinkle in Time, um, but it's Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Okay, interesting. Similar similar in my reasoning for including this in my list, because Uh uh, there's a scene, I think it's either in the first or the second episode, Coach Beard and Ted are walking home after after the game that they lost, Mm -hmm. um, and Coach Beard says, I hate losing. And then Ted replies, Bird by Bird, Coach. And... (gasps) Oh my gosh. I never even right. noticed that. Uh, I'm going to have to watch what? I'm going to have to watch it. Stuff Again. like that is what I live for. I like put that in my veins. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's referencing bird by bird by Anne Lamont, um, which that's where she, she and her brother were putting off a project about birds until the night before. And, and I actually, I haven't read this book yet, but I would like to now after reading this description, they put off a project until the night before and they're overwhelmed and their dad just sits down with them and tells them, just take it bird by bird, buddy, bird by bird, you know? (laughs) And that's, I mean, kind of like, like, uh, Ted giving Roy a wrinkle in time trying to get to the root of the problem. Just taking it one step, one step Mm -hmm. at a time.
0: Mm, That really is the, I think that's one of the takeaways from Ted Lasso, right? Is that they just took it like one game at a time, one play at a time, one relationship at a time. Whereas I feel like, I don't know. I don't know that I speak from personal experience, but some of us (laughs) tend to like (laughs) bite off a lot at once or do a lot of things at once instead of just taking it one moment at a time. Oh, I love that. What a good recommendation. That's a book that I, I know I would love that book and I just have not read it yet. Yeah, same. Okay, another one that I wanted to talk about that I read recently and loved. And for those of you who are PG readers, I think a lot of the books I've recommended today are pretty PG. But this one I know would be would be right up your alley. So it is New Girl in Little Cove by Dominate Monahan. This book is... Is so fun. So it was recommended to me by Kate Storhoff, who is now one of the managers at Bookmarks in North Carolina, but she used to work at the bookshelf. And I remember she posted it on her stories, I think, and recommended it to me. And I devoured it. I love it. It is so feel good. It's a paperback original. It is about a young woman who, after the death of her father, decides to take a teaching job in Newfoundland, Canada. So kind of on the, in a very small town called Little Cove on Newfoundland. And I learned so much about Newfoundland and its culture and its language, the way the author, the author used to live in Newfoundland. And so the way she writes the dialect of the people is so wonderful. Like I could hear it in my head. It was almost, it almost had like this Irish lilt to it. So I very much felt like I was there. I think it, I would hope that the audiobook would be a great experience because I would hope that you could hear that um, that dialect really come out. But anyway, this woman has moved here, and she's kind of moved there to like escape her problems, um, more or less. Like she's trying to uh, uh, process the grief um, of the death of her dad, and she becomes this teacher at this Catholic school. She struggles with her own faith, and so doesn't really have a great relationship with the Catholic Church, and this small town is very Catholic, and they go to Mass every Sunday, and the school is deeply Catholic. And so she kind of butts heads with some of the people on the island and in the school and uh, struggles with going to Mass and things like that. There is a slight love story element to this book, but mostly this is about her trying to figure out her place on the island, Whether or not this is a place she wants to really set down roots, she really doesn't. In the first part of the book, she does not want to do that. She really just is there to live out a year long or two-year contract. And of course, as often happens with these characters who find themselves in these small towns or small communities, there are real hardships and real difficulties there, but she also winds up really loving the island and its people. And I just love how this unfolded. Even the, there were a couple of hardships or challenges that she faces while living there. And even those were relatively light. Like I never felt dragged down by the story. I was very invested in what was happening to her, but I never felt like, Oh no, this is going to end badly. Like it's a book again, much like Carrie Winfrey's right. That it ends or it just constantly is pushing toward and leaning toward hope. And I really like this book. I think it'll give some people Anne of Green Gables vibes just because okay. of the Canadian setting. But but to me it's it's a very adult story about an adult young woman kind of figuring out yeah, again, more of those themes of home where you belong. And the people on the island remind me so much of the people who rally around Ted Lasso and like who eventually really he wins them over. Mm -hmm. And she is trying to win people over, but also they're trying to win her over. Like they're trying to win her over to their town and their community and their way of life. I thought this was such a sweet lovely, charming book. It's called New Girl in Little Cove by Dominate Monahan. I also really like that she lived in Newfoundland. And so she really writes about this, the place really beautifully.
1: Nice. That sounds really cute. I want to check that one out.
0: Oh, it's so good. I'm going to give it to mom because I know she'll really like it. But I think, I really think there are not many people who I don't think would enjoy it. It's just a really fun, yeah. good, um, and a good summer book. Even though my normal rule for summer books is like I don't want anybody colder than I am. Like I don't <laughs> want to read a wintry book <laughs> yeah. right yeah. now because my whole all my windows in my house are foggy because <laughs> because the air in here is so cold. Yeah. But n- and Newfoundland is obviously quite chilly, and it t- the book kind of takes place over a school year, so it is very wintry. But I just thought it was super cozy and delightful. Really liked it.
1: Nice.
0: Okay. I have a couple more that I'm just going to give like honorable mentions. They're probably books that people have already read, but I wanted to throw them out there. The first is probably pretty obvious. It's at home in Mitford, the Mitford books by Jan Karen. (laughs) The reason I mention these is because Mitford is this small town, this priest moves to town and, um, or this priest lives in the town and has to kind of um, build community among the people in Mitford. And I to me the earnestness of it the people in Mitford are just very earnest. I think that's one of the things actually my mom looks for most in books. It is kind of this sense of redemption and people who are genuinely trying to be kind. As much as I love snark and sarcasm, my mother hates it. And so um we were raised in a house that was very wary of sarcasm and snark, which is hilarious given <laughs> given the, the children way the my mother house had I was raised in and yeah Yeah. and the house you were raised in but mom just doesn't have much patience for that and so mitford is one of her favorite places to be it's one of her favorite book series and i do think it elicits the same spirit as ted lasso and then i kept thinking about um i thought about david sedaris a little bit but again there was that snark factor and then i thought about david really yeah like i thought oh because he moves to england yeah and um I thought that could be a good fit. But then I thought about David Leibovitz, who also is fairly snarky, as I recall. But he wrote a couple books I really liked about living in Paris and about being an American in Paris. And there are just some things. So one of them is called The Sweet Life in Paris. Another one is called La Part, I think. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that French term. Um, but about him kind of building a home or making a home in Paris. But there are so many things that Ted Lasso does. One of my favorite lines, he says them so quickly, but like somebody asks him how he takes his tea and he's like I take it right back to the counter because there's been a mistake like <laughs> and that makes me laugh so much so there are very as lovable as Ted Lasso is he's also a very much an American like very like a stereotypical kind of in tune with his feelings hates tea um kind of pushy like i just feel like these books about american expatriates would probably ring true for ted lasso fans so i wanted to throw those out there even though they're they're slightly maybe snarkier
1: than ted lasso is i just yeah that t line is one of my favorites that's a good one i love i love ted and his relationship with t <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. Any final thoughts on Ted Lasso? What are you looking forward to about season two? What do you want? We're coming. I don't know if you realize this because I know you're not sports adjacent, but um, yesterday, as of this recording yesterday, England lost this great, you know, the soccer match to Italy. And so they're coming off of a loss. Yeah. So how, what are you looking forward to in season two of Ted Lasso?
1: first of all i'm slightly sports adjacent i played soccer for two years in like sixth and sixth grade <laughs> <laughs> have to uh, something. <laughs> so like i know terms i was a halfback thank you very much um <laughs>
0: it's like but, it's like ashley talking about her softball career
1: <laughs> the, the running joke it's fine <laughs> um Um, no. Okay. So first of all, I don't have any, I I like to go into things with no expectations as you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I haven't, I haven't looked up like any predictions or anything like that. Um, I am just really excited to see what happens with Roy. Um, Mm -hmm. I, boy, howdy. I love Roy so much. Um, I don't know, really, I'm just kind of looking for a continuation of season one. I hope, I hope they can keep up all of the the good feelings <laughs> I don't know how
0: to no. say it. well right because i feel like when we went into season one all of us had either no expectations or low expectations uh-huh. and now i feel like truly again i don't know anybody who didn't like this show and so now we have really high expectations and right. so i really hope the show can live up to them and i'm trying to keep in mind that like it's a show like cut them some slack whatever like you i want to go in without any knowledge like when i was um Googling for the uh, the quote I wanted to put at the top of the episode, there were some websites that were like, here's what critics are saying about season two. And I was like, Nope, I do not want to know. I want to (laughs) go in without knowing anything. And I want to just mostly get lost in that world again. Like I really Uh liked the world of Ted Lasso. Yeah. From the front porch is a weekly podcast production of the bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteaville and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website www.bookshelfthomasville.com A full transcript of today's episode can be found at FromTheFrontPorchPodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, what I'm reading is brought to you by Visit Thomasville. One of the things I love most about Thomasville is its walkability. And I know it's super hot and humid during the summer, so walks don't necessarily sound like such a good idea, but walking saved me during the pandemic. I'd strap on my tennis shoes and walk around McIntyre Park, then tour the old cemetery. Yes, I walk around cemeteries. It's fine. Totally normal. I'd walk by Thomasville High School's baseball field and up into the historic Takwat neighborhood before hitting the bricks on Broad Street. Even in the heat of summer, I love passing by the old homes and thoughtful architecture, love breathing in fresh air and seeing new details that I might have missed on a previous walk. If you're planning a trip to Thomasville, make sure you bring your tennis shoes. To find out more about how you can visit Thomasville, go to thomasvillega.com. This week, I'm reading and listening to Falling by T.J. Newman.
1: Ashley, what are you reading? I just started The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller. I
0: hope you love it. I hope you love it so much. So far, so good. (laughs) Thank you again to our sponsor, Visit Thomasville. Whether you live close by or are passing through, I really do believe you would enjoy a visit to beautiful Thomasville, Georgia. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes. Or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.